Hey, Bill Curtis here. On the Wait, Wait podcast you're about to listen to, you'll be able to hear Peter and me, but we can't hear you. But it doesn't have to be that way. With the new Wait, Wait quiz for your smart speaker, we'll ask you questions and be able to hear your answers. Imagine that. A little back and forth between the three of us. Oh, what a glorious age we're living in. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to open the Wait, Wait quiz to try it out. If you do well enough, you could win my voice on your voicemail. That's right. Get these pipes without a plumber. Give it a try. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Remember the Billamo. <laughs> I'm Bill Curtis. And here is your host from Trinity University's Laurie Auditorium in San Antonio, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. We are so happy to finally be able to do our show here in San Antonio. And we made it just in time, right before the federal government forces the city to change its name to St. Anthony, Texas. <laughs> Senator Cruz will be allowed to keep his name, but he has to start spelling it like Tom does. <laughs> Later on, we're going to be talking to a Texan who reported on just about every major story of the post-war era, Mr. Dan Rather himself will be with us. But first, if you want to hear a live report from your house, give us a call. The number is one wait wait That's one 8924 Now let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, Peter. This is Megan Doherty from Oberlin, Ohio. Oberlin, Ohio, Megan. It's the home, of course, of Oberlin University. Oberlin College. Oh, excuse me, Oberlin College. Do you have any affiliation with Oberlin College? I'm uh, a campus rabbi. Oh, you are? So you work at the Hillel? I am. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And how, and, I do. And, and how do you find that work? It's really fun. The characters on Lena Dunham's show, Girls, were all Oberlin graduates. Was that true to life in terms of what they're like? I have never seen girls. <laughs> Given your job, I wouldn't recommend it. Thank you. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First, a comedian and host of the podcast Fake the Nation. It's just been nominated for a Webby Award for News and Politics. It's Nagin Farsal. Hello. Next, a comedian you can see in Philadelphia at the Helium Comedy Club on April 18th through the 20th, Alonzo Bowden. Hello. And finally, a comedian whose new book, Mave in America, is out now. It's Maeve Higgins. Hi. Hi. Megan, welcome to the show. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read for you three quotations from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain two of them, you'll win our prize. Any voice from our show, you might choose in your voicemail. You ready to play? Yep. Here we go. Here's your first quote. From Congress, I would ask for wall. We need wall. That was a quote from a woman who got fired last weekend despite doing her best to get wall for the president. <laughs> who is it? Kirsten, um, unpronounceable last name. Yes, Nielsen. Kirsten, unpronounceable last name. <laughs> Nielsen, actually. You can't pronounce it, you just can't spell it. Uh, the now former Secretary of Homeland Security is the latest victim of the president's cabinet separation policy. <laughs> it's an everyone must go sale at the White House. The president 
Also got rid of the guy who was supposed to head up ICE, the acting director. He's out. He wanted someone who was, quote, tougher. And he fired the head of the Secret Service right while the guy was diving in front of him yelling, no! <laughs> so now we have an acting Secretary of Defense, an acting Homeland Security Secretary, an acting Chief of Staff, and an acting Head of the Secret Service. There are more actors in the President's Cabinet than there are in the wait staff of a Los Angeles restaurant. You know what would be even better, though? An overacting Secretary of Defense. <laughs> you realize, of course, this means war! <laughs> My favorite thing about Kirsten Nielsen being yeah. the, the Homeland Security Director, being anti-immigrant and everything else is, she spells Kirsten with a J in yeah. the middle. Like, that's not American. No, not at all. <laughs> Where you get that J from? That, what? It's tough because, you know, you leave the Trump administration, you get fired, it's terrible, your reputation is ruined, people yell at you wherever you go, and you know what? The Trump administration's idea of Cobra benefits is to tie you into a sack with a Cobra. <laughs> But the thing about having all these acting secretaries yeah. is that they're basically like temps, they're like substitute teachers. Right. Which means that our government is just a bunch of people doing whoopee cushion jokes and throwing spit wads at acting cabinet members. Like it's chaos. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Today at the Pentagon, they're just showing a movie. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Megan, your, your next quote is someone who is known for attacking millionaires and billionaires. I wrote a best-selling book. If you write a best-selling book, you can be a millionaire, too. That is the new Democratic frontrunner, according to polls. Who is it? That was Bernie Sanders. It was Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Senator Sanders caused a bit of a stir this week because the guy who for years has been saying we've had enough of our country being run by millionaires and billionaires revealed that he is, in fact, a millionaire, which is surprising because most millionaires can afford haircuts. <laughs> We should have known things were changing for him economically when his stump speech changed to, we've had enough of our country being run by uh, billionaires and zillionaires. <laughs> <laughs> but Bernie has promised not to enjoy the money because in his entire life, he has never enjoyed anything. <laughs> I just can't believe he got rich from writing a book because everybody I know who's written a book is so broke. It's true. <laughs> and also, like, what can you buy in Vermont for a millionaire? I think with a million dollars in Vermont, you can buy, like, half of Vermont. It's true. Yeah. By the way, this is all in preparation for Bernie releasing his tax returns. Did you know that? Bernie has not, not released his tax returns, didn't do it in 2016. He says he's going to do it next week. He, he's, he's the perfect candidate for people who both hate President Trump and are kind of jealous of Republicans for having him. Why can't liberals have an angry old man with terrible hair who won't release his tax returns? <laughs> I'm sitting here, Peter, trying to think of a joke that shows I care about rich white men, but I got nothing. Nothing, I know. <laughs> I got it. It's tough. I got it. Listen, just one more time. I know. White, white people complaining about, oh, man, I done made a million dollars. I don't know how to help you on that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Megan, here is your last quote. Einstein must be totally chuffed. That was a very happy astronomer oh. quoted in the New York Times talking about the first ever photograph ever made of a what? A black hole. A black hole, yes. <laughs> this week we got a look at the first ever photo 
of an actual massive interstellar black hole in a galaxy known as Messier 87, about 55 million light years away. It looks like a, well, um, a black hole <laughs> surrounded by a ring of orange light like the eye of Sauron or a really, <laughs> really evil bagel. <laughs> Nonetheless, the photo was a scientific triumph. It was unlike anything anyone had ever seen, except for the people who asked for photos of their colonoscopies. Interestingly, Wait, it does made that us think of that, all I can tell you. How many colonoscopy yeah, photos do you look at, Peter? Well, you know, interestingly, and this is pretty cool, because of the time it takes the light to get here, 55 million years, the photo is the black hole when it was much younger than it is now. So what do you know? The black hole is just like everyone on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> My first thought when I saw that photo was like, wow, that's a really great use of portrait mode. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so good. That's who I really, I really feel happy for those astrophysicists and mm. the other scientists, the geniuses who spend their whole lives studying and working and, and they can finally say, that's what I do. Right. This is what I do. Like, Here you go. People have always, what do you do at work? I, I, this is what I do. And this is really cool. <laughs> it turns out that in order to take this picture of this extraordinarily distant object, that there's no single telescope that's strong enough to do it. So they had to get data from telescopes all around the world and combine them in an incredibly complicated way, figured out by a 29-year-old astrophysicist named Rachel. And they say that the, the precision of this virtual instrument they created was so precise, they could see an orange on the moon, which makes you say, why are they going on about a black hole? There are oranges on the moon. <laughs> When I was reading about this, I read like if you were, they were trying to explain what happens if you go into the black hole. Right. And so you pass through the event horizon unscathed, and then you get to this point where the black hole stretches you like a noodle. Yes. Which for a minute I was like, I'm okay with that as someone who might use like body distortion filters on yeah. Insta. Yeah. That like you kind of go for, for a, like for, you're for, skinny. For an instant, a microsecond. Yeah, for a microsecond, you'd finally you're like be super a size one. Skinny. Yeah, exactly. I know. And yeah. I was kind of into that. Yeah, it would be. But cool. then do you just disintegrate? And then you're dead. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, how did Megan do in our quiz? She got them all right. She is a winner. Megan, thank you so much for playing. <laughs> thank you. Bye bye. Panelists, now some questions about the rest of the week's news for you. Alonzo, a tourist getting a ride in a fighter jet in France, got the full experience when the pilot accidentally did what? Ejected him. Yes, that's what happened. <laughs> you know, the whole thing with the canopy blowing off and the seat rocketing into the air. Don't worry, he parachuted safely to the runway below. French authorities say he's fine. Or wait, French authorities actually said, quote, his health is not a cause for concern. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, that's exactly what the same guy who rented the island had to say. <laughs> the 64-year-old man was riding along in a, a French Air Force fighter jet, which isn't supposed to eject passengers just because it feels like it. It's not a nightclub, it's a fighter jet. <laughs> most likely, nobody knows exactly what happened, but most likely the passenger came close to fulfill his lifelong dream of having his last words be, what does this button do? <laughs> <laughs> Peter, as someone who used to work on, on fighter planes, I think that's exactly what happened. I think he saw that red lever and said, 
I wonder what this does. Yeah. And then he found out. Maybe this fires the guns or something <laughs> cool. But that is the ultimate. I mean, you know, it's great to get a ride in a fighter jet, but it has to kind of be cooler to even be ejected from a fighter <laughs> jet. I know. Because imagine, imagine being at a party and some guys bragging that, yeah, man, I was riding in a fighter jet. So, oh, you were only riding in one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Coming up, Rent That Talks. It's a promy bluff the listener game called 1-888-WAIT-WAIT-TO-PLAY. We'll be back in a minute with more Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Zoom. When you can't be there in person, Zoom. Zoom is used by millions to connect face-to-face, across town or around the world. Share files, video, anything, and connect through any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, smartphone, or conference room system. Zoom video conferencing, Zoom rooms, Zoom video webinars, and Zoom phone lets you do business at the speed of Zoom. Visit Zoom online to set up your free account today. Meet happy with Zoom. Hey, it's Ophira Eisenberg, host of NPR's Ask Me Another, and I'm here to let you know that every Friday in April, we're bringing you an episode that spotlights women in comedy. You'll hear from Retta, the star of NBC's Parks and Recreation, and I'll talk to Russian doll actor Greta Lee and co-creator Leslie Headland, and many more. Listen now. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Nagin Farsad, Alonzo Bowden, and Maeve Higgins. And here again is your host at Trinity University's Laurie Auditorium in San Antonio, Peter Segal. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Bill. Right now it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener Game. Call one wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Devin O'Donnell from Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City is a beautiful place. What do you do there, Devin? So I work at a warehouse during the day, go to cosmetology school at night, and I also uh, work as a drag performer here in the city. Oh, what can I ask? What your? I have a number of questions. First of all, <laughs> what is your drag name? It's Gemma Nye. Gemma Nye. Okay. Yeah. Sounds sounds exotic, and. So when you're in cosmetology school, you're, you're going to be a hairstylist? Yeah, absolutely. Hair and makeup. That's fabulous. Well, as a drag queen, you will absolutely be ready to do that. Yep, that's what got me started. When you think about it, you want your stylist to be a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Really? All right. Who, who knows better how to do makeup than someone who beats their face weekly? That's true. Well, <laughs> Devin, it's nice to have you with us. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. What is the topic, Bill? America, will you go to prom with me? It's prom season. And that means two things. One, photos your children will regret forever. And two, new prom trends. Our panelists are going to tell you about what's new at prom this year. Pick the one who's telling the truth. You'll win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. You ready to play? Absolutely. All right. Let's hear first then from Nagin Farsad. 
The 1990s hip-hop duo Criss Cross made an unlikely resurgence at Boise, Idaho Centennial High School. You might remember them from that one hit, Jump, Jump, The Daddy Mac Will Make You, Jump, Jump, <laughs> Criss Cross Will Make You, Jump, Jump, The Daddy Mac Will Make You, Jump, Jump. I'm sure it was a huge hit with NPR audiences. Anyway. <laughs> You may also remember the curious fact that they wore their pants backwards. The kids at Centennial High could not get enough of crisscross and started dressing backwards on campus. While there are a few awkward adjustments at the boys' urinal, school administrators viewed the whole thing as a passing throwback fad. But the trend continued to grow when the senior class decided to make the theme of prom backward. So they renamed it MORP, which is prom backwards <laughs> for those of you who lack backward speaking facility. Not only did the students decide to dress backwards, long dress trains flowing forward on girls and corsages pinned on boys' backs, but they made everything backward. MORP nights started with the after party where students got exceedingly drunk and made mistakes they would soon regret <laughs> for the rest of their lives. As they danced through the night, they turned their moonwalks forward and their flossing upward. Their twerking had more chest and less booty, and their Gangnam style looked like a horse was riding them. <laughs> the backwards prom, where everything is backwards, including the progression of events in Boise. Your next prom proposal will come from Alonzo Bowden. Is your prom really chaperoned when the chaperone is Charlie Sheen? <laughs> You might have to figure that out, especially as the trend of celebrity prom chaperones is spreading, and also because Mr. Sheen is looking for work. <laughs> TMZ reporter Selena Jones says it started at Calabasas High School in Southern California. Now, Calabasas is well known as the home of the Kardashian family. One parent called in a favor from her friend Kris Jenner, and the next thing you know, Khloe Kardashian is at the prom checking kids for alcohol. Not to be outdone, ICM super agent Ian Arigetti has a friend whose daughter is at Beverly Hills High School of the Arts. So now their prom will be monitored by Idris Elba. <laughs> Interestingly, there may be more mom volunteers than actual students <laughs> at that one. <laughs> News travels fast and even faster on Snapchat. LA kids bragging got Nashville kids jealous so their parents got into the act and now country stars Carrie Underwood and Reba McIntyre will be at the Nashville High School senior prom making sure the kids don't do anything that they'll have to later write country songs about. <laughs> Not to be outdone, New York started rumors of Jay-Z at a Brooklyn high school but these were unfounded so Brooklyn Tech will have to settle for Chris Rock. All of this led to the nightmare scenario possibly coming true. Charlie Sheen, through his lawyers, asked if chaperoning the LA Performing Arts High School prom would count as part of his community service. <laughs> TMZ is waiting for the judge's decision. <laughs> Celebrity chaperones is the new trend. The last story of what's new under the sea comes from Maeve Higgins. This year's big prom trend is inspired by a texting fail. Teens across the country texted their dates to check what kind of corsage they wanted, only to find that their phones auto-corrected the word corsage to croissant. <laughs> croissant. Seems like a rose by any other name is a pastry. Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen, a Dallas bakery, is now selling the croissant corsage after the quirky autocorrect mistake blew up on social media. So, instead of wearing delicate carnations and pretty lilies, youngsters are getting their prom dates corsages made from actual croissants. It's a lovely way to make a memory and a grease stain that will last forever. <laughs> 
Surely this is just the first in a long line of carbohydrate accoutrement from... <laughs> why is there so many French words? <laughs> Surely this is the first in a long line of carbohydrate accessories from bagel buttonholes, cupcake cufflinks, and of course, a cumber sticky bun. <laughs> It's all part of a lovely trend of having some fun and providing gluten intolerant people with yet another activity they can't participate in. All right, which of these is a real prom theme or trend this year? Was it from Nagin, the backwards prom, or MORP, in which everything happens backwards, from Alonzo, celebrity chaperones, a famous person standing there at the door for you, or from Maeve Higgins, kids wearing croissants instead of corsages because of an autocorrect failure. Which of these is the real story of a prom trend? Well, I think I'm gonna go with the, the croissant corsage. You're gonna go with the croissant croissage. I can't even say it, the croissant, the croissant corsage. Croissant All right, well, to bring you the correct answer, we spoke to someone playing a role in the real story. They would be asking their prom dates what kind of corsage they wanted, and autocorrect on their phone would change that text that was John Felton from Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen, which is making croissant corsages for this year's prom goers. Congratulations, Devin, you got it right. Yes, you earned a point you. for Maeve for her pronunciation of croissant. <laughs> and you've won our prize, the voice of your choice on your voicemail. Thank you so much for playing with us. Thank you, this was amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Devin. And now the game where people live a rich, full life and yet somehow end up with us. <laughs> if all the major events of the late 20th century had a single thing in common, it might be this. They were reported on by Dan Rather. He was at Dealey Plaza when Kennedy was shot. He reported from Vietnam. He challenged Nixon on Watergate. He covered the Cold War and was there to cover its end. He is a proud Texas native and still a resident. We are honored to have him with us. Dan Rather, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, you still have a home here in Texas. You grew up here in Texas. You're a Texan. I was born in Wharton, Texas. I grew up in Houston. and. Uh, I'm not just from Texas, I am of Texas. You are Texan. <laughs> you started, and it turns out that many reporters, I know including Bill, started this way. You were a local guy, you, uh, one, you were doing minor league baseball games at one point? I did. I, I once, I've always been interested in news, but once to supplement my income, at, particularly at the lower levels, you know, Broadcasting doesn't pay all that well. <laughs> so I did, I did play-by-play play as a way of supplementing my income. I did play-by-play play football, baseball, basketball, track. Track is really difficult to do, play-by-play. Play <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wait a minute. How, how would you do that? Well, he's running. <laughs> he seems to be running more. <laughs> or he's vaulting, or he has this shot put in his hand, and he takes five steps, and he throws. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's one moment that in which you sort of got your start that started your, the career that we've all sort of been watching low these many decades? Well, I do. Uh, that there was a great hurricane in 1961, Hurricane Carla, which uh, was at that time, and I think still, the largest in terms of sheer size 
hurricane on record in the Gulf of Mexico. And I had just started in television. I had made my move from radio into television. I was still new to television. And we wound up in the right place at the right time on Galveston Island as the hurricane came in. And that was picked up by other stations. Nobody else was there broadcasting. So if I had to point to one moment that sort of, quote, made my career, that was probably it. Yeah. It's funny because Bill got his sort of start with a great uh, tornado in Kansas. Tornado, same thing. It turns out maybe these these weather events are being caused by ambitious young reporters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You were known for many things, but certainly for being fearless, Not not only the places you went, like war zones, but also the way you treated people in power. There was a famous incident where you got up and you asked uh, President Nixon uh, a question. It was during Watergate, and he didn't like it. And I believe he said, are you running for something? And your famous response was, no, sir, Mr. President, are you? (laughs) That's pretty good. You, of course, took over as the anchor of the CBS Evening News, taking the baton from Walter Cronkite, another legend, who I guess took it from Edward R. Murrow. So... um, you were part of that line. And one of the things that people were noticing as you, as you settled into that role was you were looking for your sign-off. Because famously, of course, Cronkite would end his broadcast, well, that's the way it is on this right. day. And, and what was your thinking? You said, I needed something different. You needed something for yourself. Well, it was suggested to me that you need a sign-off. Yeah. But, you know, it, following a legend like that is not the easiest thing in the world. At any rate, my first suggestion was maybe I could say, well, that's some of the way it is. Yeah, okay. That's not bad. <laughs> uh, nobody took to that idea. We tried two or three things, but at any rate... That's uh, the way it might be. <laughs> Doesn't have quite the same No, way. not at all. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, I was thinking, you know, my father's, uh, late father's favorite word was courage for a lot of reasons. So I thought, well, maybe we could just pause and say, you know, uh, and that's the CBS Evening News, Dan Rather, reporting courage. And the more I thought about it, the more I kind of liked it because sure. it, it had a nostalgic ring for me. I will say that the executives in the company were horrified with this whole thing. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, so it lasted about a week. <laughs> and at the end of that week, it was pretty much, re- you either stop using this as a sign-off or we stop using you. Wow. So it was an easy decision. I understand. And what did you change to? I just decided not to have one. Yeah. Just went with the plane. I'd given it my best shot. Didn't yeah. work. So yeah, there you go. I know. Hey, uh, we could talk to you about your career all night, but out of all the people you've interviewed, and you interviewed just about every you know major historical player in the last fifty years, was there a particular favorite? Somebody who you were glad to talk to? Well, I'm glad you put the preface because let's face it, I've been lucky and mightily blessed. I could give you the names of maybe seven people, but if I had to pick one, it would be I was assigned my first major assignment for CBS News was to cover Dr. Martin Luther King and what was then the emerging civil rights movement. Yeah. Um, and covering, Dr. King, covering Dr. King changed me as a professional and it changed me as a person. And for that reason, I would say if I had to pick one, I would say interviewing Dr. Martin Luther King and covering him day to day for almost two years. Wow, sure. I imagine that's, I'm envious that you had the chance. Do you ever, when you're watching whomever, do you ever, like, miss it? Do you ever, like, if I was there, I would have the questions? Like every second. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Well, Dan Rather, it is an absolute honor to talk to you, but today we have, in fact, asked you here to play a game we're calling 
This game is tougher than the hide of an armadillo in the hot sun that forgot its sunblock. As I'm sure you know, you are famous for what people call ratherisms, uh, folksy sayings with colorful metaphors and colorful wisdom. You've used so many of them over your career. We want to see if you can pick the one you actually came up with. <laughs> from some fake ones that we made up in tribute to you. So if you can do that two times out of three, you'll win a prize for one of our listeners. Bill, who is Dan Rather playing for? Corey Henderstein of Washington, D.C. All right. Here's your first Ratherism. This was when you were covering the 2000 election. And did you say, A, this race is tight like a too small bathing suit and a too long ride home from the beach. <laughs> B, Papa, wear your good suit, because we got ourselves a tie. <laughs> or C, this race is tighter than Aunt Tilly after a third Moscow mule. Definitely A. It was definitely A. I've always wondered, before, did you just make those up off the top of your head, or did you like have them ready to go? Well, in the beginning, they came from working in the oil fields when I was a kid. This is the way men talk to one another. You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, you, you can only say it's, it's hot as hell so many times. Yeah, I guess so, so yeah. So <laughs> as the day wears on, you say, you know, it's hotter than a Laredo parking lot. Or oh, yeah. some, some way to use colorful language. All right, we have two more. You did well with that one. This is now, we're moving through time to the election of 2004. That was George W. Bush re-elect versus John Kerry. During that evening's coverage on CBS, did you say, A, John Kerry's wife might own Heinz, but this is one night he won't catch up. <laughs> B, we used to say if a frog had side pockets, he'd carry a handgun. Or C, it all comes down to O-H-I-O, which stands for, oh, hi, it's over. <laughs> Definitely be. Yes, if a frog had side pockets, he'd carry a handgun. I think you're doing really well. Here's your, here's your last question. This is a great metaphor you used while commenting on the 2016 election. Was it A, this race is a backcountry tilt-a-whirl. It could go either way. B, like the talking horse said to the hopping bull, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Or C, if Clinton wins Florida, this race will go faster than a Hamilton ticket at face value. I don't recall saying any of it. Really? <laughs> Do you know wh which one you wish you had said? I guess that would be B. You'd be B, like the talking horse said to the hopping bull. That is a good one, but the one that we were told you said... If Clinton wins Florida, this race will go faster than a Hamilton ticket at face value, which I thought was great because you're updating your cultural references. But meanwhile, Bill, how did your old friend Dan do in our quiz? Well, he had won anyway. Two out of three is a big win for us. Good going. Dan Rather is a legend of broadcast news and the creator of News and Guts Media. The new season of The Big Interview with Dan Rather starts April 16th at 8 p.m. on Axis. Dan Rather, thank you. Thank for you. Being with us. Thank you. Such thank a pleasure. You. Dan Rather, everyone. Thank you. Good news, good news. It's all good news for you. 
all good news for you. In just a minute, we finally settle that whole cat versus dog debate in our listener limerick challenge. Call one triple eight. Wait, wait to join us in the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. It's all good news for you. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the new Capital One Saver card, you can earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. That means 4% on checking out that new restaurant everybody's talking about and 4% on watching your team win at home. Now when you go out, you cash in. You'll also earn 2% cash back at grocery stores and 1% on all other purchases. What's in your wallet? Hey, it's Guy Raz here, host of the TED Radio Hour. And on our latest episode, we're exploring what it takes to create social change and the many ways that we as individuals might be able to make a difference in the world. Find it on the next TED Radio Hour from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Maeve Higgins, Alonzo Bowden, and Nagin Farsad. And here again is your host from Trinity University's Laurie Auditorium in San Antonio, Peter Sago. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute... The rhymes of Texas are upon you in our listener limerick challenge. If you'd like to play, <laughs> give us a call at one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Right now, panel, it is time for a game that we call the twenty twenty dump. With millions of Americans signing up each day to run for president as a Democrat. <laughs> News about all the candidates is coming in hard and fast. So we're going to ask you about some of them rapid fire style. Get your question right. You get a point. True or false. Ready to go? Maeve, true or false. At a campaign event in Iowa, Beto O'Rourke got asked for his autograph while in the bathroom. I would say that's true, actually. No, it was false. What oh. happened was Beto started talking to the stranger in the bathroom who then asked him, hey, are you here to see Beto O'Rourke? <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining that he kind of like off, you know, he seems to be very over familiar, like the way he gets up on countertops and yes. stuff. So I was imagining him at a urinal kind of stretching across to offer a, I'm a sorry, shake. excuse me. To offer a yeah, shake. Yes, she at, did say. At, at a what? Urinal. Beautiful. It's wrong. You'd know that is it's the new way it's so pronounced. Weird. Yes. Oh, you're right. You know the thing the men stand Yo, in Oh, I know of. what you're talking oh, yeah. about. I've just never heard it described that. Is that what they call them in Ireland? A urinal? Yeah. Honestly, I've never used one. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> I know that they've got cakes in them, and that's, I'm always so jealous. That's true. <laughs> Nagin, true or false, South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg and his husband Chaston were immortalized in a butter sculpture. <laughs> that's feels true. No, it's false. It was so. a diorama made of marshmallow peeps. <laughs> Alonzo, true or false, former Virginia governor Terry McAuliffe, who's considering a run, tweeted out a picture of himself as a crab standing on the head of an alligator representing Donald Trump. Oh, absolutely true. Absolutely true. We have no idea what it means, but that's what he did. <laughs> the game, true or false, candidate Andrew Yang made empowering firefighters part of his official platform. Uh, true. No, false. He oh. made empowering mixed martial arts fighters part of his official platform. <laughs> and, of course, as for the Republican candidate in 2020, Alonzo, true or false, on a visit to George Washington's residence, Mount Vernon, President Trump said, I'm here to honor the legacy of President Vernon. <laughs> 
I'm going to go with true on that one also. <laughs> no, it's false. What he really said was, quote, if Washington was smart, he would have put his name on it. You got to put your name on stuff or no one remembers you. <laughs> That's it for our 2020 dump, even though six more people declared while we were playing the game. <laughs> Right now, panel some more questions for you from the week's news. Maeve, a woman in Taiwan suffering from what she thought was an eye infection, learned this week it was actually what? Oh, she was just upset. No. <laughs> she had been working at, does anybody know? This made a lot of news this week. People were like. Bum bumblebees in yes, her eye. Yes, oh. she had bees living in her eye. And there was a lot of buzz around this story. There was, hey. yeah. Hey. The, and the bees were feeding on her tears. No, we'll skip the gross parts, which means we will never speak of this again. <laughs> no, these bees had gotten in there while she was gardening, and she started having some eye pain, as will happen, you know, when your eye has bees in them. She went to the doctor, and she got her first clue that there might be something seriously wrong when he approached her wearing a head-to-toe white suit and holding one of those smokers. <laughs> I thought he was like holding a piece of toast and like with butter, yeah. <laughs> like, making breakfast. But how how small were these bees? These were tiny little bees. I didn't know bees yeah, came in like humming eye bees. Humming bees. They're, apparently they they're small enough to fit in there, and she couldn't see them until they looked. That's one more thing to worry about. Yeah, I know. I never thought there could be that only one girl in the world for me until I found forever in your eyes. Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four, or click the contact us link on our website. That's waitwait.npr.org. You can there find out about attending our weekly live shows back at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago, and our upcoming shows in St. Louis on May 9th and July 18th at the Blossom Music Center in Ohio. And if you want to experience the thrill of our show without the hassle of listening to it, check out our new interactive <laughs> quiz for your smart speaker. Just say, open the Wait Wait quiz, and Bill and I will be there to ask you some fill-in-the-blank questions. You could even win the voice of your choice in your voicemail. Hi, you're on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hey, this is TJ calling in from Waterbury, Vermont. Hey, Waterbury is a great place. What do you do there? I uh, groom ski trails for Sugarbush Terrain Parks. You're, so you're a ski guy, that's cool. I'm a snowboarder, but yeah, we're up there every night just laying down corduroy for the people. That's really cool. <laughs> you sound like a snowboarder. I'm just going to go there. <laughs> I just want to ask, you live in Vermont. If you oh, yeah. had a million dollars, what would you do with it up there? Oh, man, I'd probably buy 400,000 snowboards. Yeah, I was about to say. All right. Why wouldn't you just get one really big one, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, TJ, welcome to the show. Bill Curtis is going to read for you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly, and two of the limericks will be a winner. You ready to play? Yeah. All right. Here's your first limerick. My pet is a bit of a brat. I'm the servant in his habitat. Those who own a sweet dog all live high on the hog. I feel lousy, because I have a... Cat. Yes! Dog owners are happier than cat owners. It turns out, it's been proven, with a new survey showing how dog owners self-identify as very happy, whereas cat owners identify as very... Ow! Why did it bite me again? <laughs> 
The survey found dog owners are happier than those with cats. The survey also found, and this is true, that people with cats are less happy than people who have no pets at all. <laughs> now, that doesn't necessarily mean that cats make you unhappy. It may just be that cat owners are miserable losers for entirely different reasons. <laughs> Hashtag not all cats because <laughs> I grew up with a really great cat that was basically like a dog, and now I have a dog, and they were like this. I can't even tell them apart. So just it's let's funny see. how cat people always say that. Yeah, they always do. No, no, my cat is different. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's a cat. Yeah. Here is your next limerick. For podcasts, we've got an idea. A Swedish-voiced sleep panacea. Now Hemnes and Malm will help you stay calm. Our podcast reads names from... Ikea. Yes! <laughs> Very good. Do you need a new sleep aid? Is our show no longer doing it for you? Ikea is launching a podcast made to help people go to sleep. That's what it's for in which two Swedish men read the names of products from the <laughs> IKEA catalog. Which is a great idea. It's much better than their original idea of reading from the illustrated assembly manual. Guys <laughs> like, I don't know, a man with a hammer is sad and the corner of his table hurts. I <laughs> now the podcast is advertised as a great way to help people fall asleep and if you listen to a clip, you can hear why. Björksnäs, chest of five drawers. Puderviva, queen quilt cover set. Swedish people reading an IKEA catalog is truly the definition of white noise. <laughs> and if this isn't enough for you, you can turn into IKEA's next podcast from Guy Raz. How the hell do you build this? <laughs> All right, TJ, here is your last limerick. On airplanes, the sound can be crushing. When vacuum-sucked water is rushing. Since kids can be scared to use bathrooms mid-air, we have softened the noise of our... Flushing. Flushing, right! Mm -hmm. Physicists are working to improve airplane travel, but not by making sure your plane doesn't crash. No, they're trying to make sure the toilet isn't too loud. People have been complaining for years about the deafening roar of the airplane toilet flush, saying it terrifies children and masks the other bathroom sounds they do want to hear. <laughs> Apparently, designing a quieter mechanism that can function at high altitudes has been a challenge, but engineers have found a way to cut the noise of the flush by 16 decibels. You just put your fingers in your ears, <laughs> brace your elbows. Unfortunately, they haven't found a way to reduce the sound of the guy in the seat next to you who can't hear himself farting because his headphones are on. <laughs> Bill, how did TJ do on our quiz? Well, you know, that very, very well. Congratulations, TJ. Thank you. Thanks so much for playing. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter. 
ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. Then ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com wait. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? All three of our panelists are tied at oh my three. God. Tied what? at three. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm just going to randomly pick Maeve to go first. Maeve, fill-in-the-blank. On Thursday, the EU offered to delay blank until October 31st. Brexit. Yes. This week, lawmakers in New Zealand overwhelmingly approved a ban on blank. White guys. No. <laughs> Assault weapons. On Monday, Virginia beat Texas Tech to win the men's blank title. Uh, school? <laughs> the best school award? If only the NCAA basketball t- t- tournament. Oh. This week, a high school baseball game was canceled after a group of people attempted to dry the field by blanking. Um, to dry the field? Yes. By going out there with tea towels? No. <laughs> By dumping 25 gallons of gasoline on it and lighting it on fire. Jesus. (laughs) Happened in Connecticut. On Monday, the White House reversed an Obama-era decision to allow baseball players from blank to play in the U.S. without defecting. Cuba? Yes. Police in Oregon were surprised when a 911 call reporting a robbery in progress turned out to be blank. Um, It was a bear? No, it wasn't a bear. It was a Roomba trapped in a bathroom. (laughs) The homeowner heard strange noises from a bathroom and called the police, who arrived in the scene with guns drawn. They busted down the door and were surprised to find a Roomba inside, even more surprised when it said, can't you knock? (laughs) Give me all your dirt! The woman apologized to the police for wasting their time, and the burglar under her bed breathed a sigh of relief and jumped out the window. (laughs) Bill, how did Maeve do in our quiz? She beat her old record. She got two right. Yes! That gives her four more points, a total of seven, and in her distinct style, she takes the lead. All right. All right, Alonzo, you're up next. Fill in the blank. On Monday, a federal judge blocked the White House's policy forcing blanks to stay in Mexico. Oh, um, asylum seekers. Right. On Thursday, WikiLeaks founder Blank was arrested in London. Uh, Julian Assange. Right. A Florida man who stole a Jeep but left his phone behind was arrested when he blanked. Went to get it. No, he drove up in the stolen Jeep and asked the cops for help finding his phone. <laughs> on Thursday, wait, wait, wait. Wouldn't that be went to get it? I don't know, Bill. What do you think? Judges? Yeah, yeah, yeah judges. absolutely. Yeah. On Thursday, the CDC warned that a new drug-resistant blank is a global health threat. A new drug-resistant virus? No, it's a fungus. This week, a grand jury indicted former Stormy Daniels attorney Blank on 36 federal counts. Aventi. Uh, Yes, Michael Avenatti. Close enough. This week, the owner of a bed and breakfast on the U.S.-Canadian border called the Smuggler's Inn was arrested for blanking. Smuggling. Of course! (laughs) Why called it that? It's on the sign. Canadian police arrested the owner of the Smuggler's Inn for organizing illegal entry into Canada for seven people. He now faces 21 criminal charges, which could come with a hefty jail sentence. The owner says he's going to stay calm and really hopes police don't find out about his other business, the Every Cake Contains a Nail File to Help You Break Out of Prison Bakery. (laughs) Bill, how did Alonzo do in our quiz? Well, he raced to the lead with five right, ten more points, total of 13. Very well done. So So much better than (laughs) me. How many, then, Noticing that. does uh. Nagin need to win? She needs six to win in a very difficult field. Yeah. Here we go, Nagin. All right. 
This is for the gang. Okay. On Tuesday, Steve Mnuchin said the IRS would not meet a House panel's deadline for releasing Donald Trump's blanks. Tax returns. Right. On Wednesday, Benny Gantz conceded defeat to Israeli Prime Minister blank. Benjamin Netanyahu. Right. This week, New York declared a public health emergency over an outbreak of blank. Measles. Right. On Monday, the White House declared blank's Revolutionary Guard a terrorist group. Iran. Right. This week, police in South Africa said that a missing poacher was likely blank. A missing poacher was likely eaten by an elephant. Oh, so Wait, close. I'm going to give it to you. Killed by an elephant, then eaten by a lion. Oh, yeah. On Monday, Texas Tech <laughs> announced it would no longer consider Blank in its admissions. Uh, race. Right. On Thursday, it was reported that Blank hires thousands of employees to listen to recordings made by their smart speakers. Um, Amazon? Yes, police in Detroit have opened an internal investigation after an officer showed up drunk to a training session on a blank. Oh, um, on how to use a breathalyzer. You're exactly right, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> According to the police report, the officer volunteered to role play the part of a drunk driver for a breathalyzer demonstration and proceeded to blow above the legal limit. That means he was either drinking of the job or just really that good an actor. <laughs> he is currently being investigated on charges of being really, really, really dedicated to his job. <laughs> Bill, I think Nagin did well enough to win, did she not? Well, she got eight points for 16 oh. more points with a total of 19 and the win. Congratulations, wow. Nagin. That was masterful. Thank you very much. Thank did you. you get the question beforehand? <laughs> In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists to predict what we'll find when we zoom in on that photo of the black hole. But first, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our interns are Alex McOwen and Rachel Klepper. Our web guru is Beth Novi. B.J. Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Our patron saint is Peter Gwynn. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. The executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will scientists find when they zoom in on that photo of the black hole? Nagin Farsad. Uh, Kirsten Nielsen still not being served at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Alonzo Bowden. They're going to find out what Thanos did with all those superheroes. <laughs> and Maeve Higgins. They're going to find one billion twinkling urinal cakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that happens... We'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. <laughs> Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Nagin Farsad, Alonzo Bowden, Maeve Higgins. Thanks to the staff and crew at Trinity University's Lori Auditorium. Special thanks to Joyce Slocum and everyone at Texas Public Radio. Thanks to our fabulous audience here in San Antonio, Texas. And thanks to all of you at home for listening. I'm Peter Sago, and we will see you next week. This is NPR.